0: All right, so Hop, you have a couple of hours until you and Joe, who I'll still refer to as Beatrice, Mm. until you and Beatrice kind of meet up again. So what are you going to do in this time? How are you going to collect your clues?
1: Okay, well, so my working theory is that someone chopped the head off and then poured water over the ice to make it look like it had melted off. I think that because it's so hot, the water can't have been there for very long or it would have evaporated. So I'd like to do a quick search of the area to see if I could find like a glass or a canteen or a bottle of some kind.
0: Give me a roll. Give me, roll me a 1d20. Another eight. All right. You uh, go around and it takes you a while. So out of your, I'm going to say you have three hours. Okay. I'm going to say this takes half an hour of that time. Sure. But you eventually find a canteen. And it's a pretty normal canteen, except it's got like really artificial bedazzlements on it. And it tries to be looking a lot fancier than it is. And next to it, and this is the really weird thing attached to it, you see a small canteen.
1: Okay. Which makes me feel like it belongs to the mayor. Because he's got a rabbit. Uh, if I study the ice sculpture one more time, I-, I wouldn't be able to tell what weapon, if it was, like, an axe or a sword. No, it's... Okay, Simon's 12. He doesn't know that much. Okay,
0: so... <laughs> well, actually, no, give me a roll to see if you pull it, and you're gonna actually get advantage because of the Jameson Hopper stories.
1: Ooh! A three!
0: You remember a time when Jameson Hopper saw a statue like this with a head on it, and then suddenly... Nothing happened. It's a history book, so things don't always happen. So it was really a very dull chapter. Uh, they they spent most of the time describing like the dimples on the statue.
1: All right, young Simon is not rolling very well.
0: <laughs> it's almost like he's twelve. <laughs> it's almost
1: like he's twelve. So uh, twelve-year-old Hop is gonna make his way to the mayor's house. I assume I know where that is.
0: Yeah, you can make your way to the mayor's office. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm being sneaky about it though, like I don't want people to see me. Okay. I'm not quite like Kronk and Emperor's New Groove where he's like da 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 like coming his own theme music, but I'm definitely getting into it.
0: Okay, so you sneak to this large glass building, which is City Hall, and what do you do when you get to the front of the glistening glass columns of City Hall? Which you can see from the outside Because again It's all fucking glass Right You can see a main lobby area You can see the police station Which has one police officer She's asleep And then up on the second floor There's a lobby And then there is this Opaque glass room Which is the mayor's office
1: Oh damn it Is on the second floor? Yeah Okay There's no, like, tree outside the mayor's office, is there?
0: The area where Dunshire is, there's usually a lot of foliage, but Dunshire is a bit more dry. But next to the mayor's office, you see the unity tree, a symbol of the grand unity between all the citizens of Dunshire. It reaches all the way up to the mayor's office, but it is very old and it looks like a stiff wind can knock it over.
1: Okay, so... Hmm. I did not think about the implication of glass buildings when trying to sneak through places. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think about it. So there's a lobby on the second floor that goes into the mayor's office. Yes. And I'm assuming there's like a receptionist or a secretary outside. Yep.
0: Her name's Julie. She's nice.
1: Do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go direct. I'm still holding the canteen, right? Yeah. I want to go into the office and just speak to nice Julie. Okay.
0: Julie, when she sees you, she's like, hey, Simon, would you like some candy? And she pulls out a glass bowl that has a bunch of raisins in it. Just
1: raisins. You know what? Hot probably likes raisins. <laughs> You'll say thank you politely and take a handful.
0: By the way, congratulations on your graduation to royalty.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. And then he'll shrug a little bit. Because like the king and queen don't do anything, right?
0: No, it's like prom king and prom queen. Yeah, okay. And it's like, it's for a day. Right. But Dunshire has literally nothing else. So they get (laughs) super into the the king and queen.
1: I can see the mayor through the glass walls, I'm assuming.
0: You can see him kind of pacing back and forth. Okay. uh, And you can see his shape and you can see him just kind of yelling, being like, what are we going to do, Amber? I just, I don't know. My reputation is going to be ruined forever. Like this is, this is, this is a bad thing to happen.
1: Okay. You know what? cop's gonna take a direct route. He respects authority. He thinks this is probably gonna be a helpful route. So he's just gonna tell Miss Julie, excuse me, miss, but I think the mayor is upset about a sculpture that melted in the garden. And I have some information for him.
0: Julie is the one person in town who doesn't discount your ideas immediately. So instead of actually like saying anything, she's just gonna hand out some raisins and be like, all right, but you better take a few more for strength. I will do that. You take it and you, how do you march into the mayor's office?
1: I'm going to chew my raisins before I go in so that I am not chewing raisins trying to confront him. So Hop will be about to knock, but then he reminds himself, no, no, no I'm Hopper now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a job to do. I'm going to help people. So he will just open the door. He's not going to like kick it down or anything. This is a big deal for him, opening a door without knocking
0: first, though. As you walk in to this very, somehow he makes glass gaudy. Like, it's already gaudy, but he makes it, like, extravagant, almost like, uh... Bedazzled. Yeah, it's, it's super bedazzled. And Amber just turns over and her nose twitches a little bit. And he stops dead and he's like, What was that, girl? Oh, Theo! I, I will solve it! Wait, no, you're, uh, you're the son. And he, he tries to put on a little kid voice, he's like... What can I do for you today, young boy?
1: Ooh, Hop's not having any of that. Excuse me, sir, but I think you want to know something about that sculpture in the garden.
0: What? That its head is off? That it's going to ruin my career forever? You just want to rub it in? Who put you up to it? Was it Alvin?
1: No, sir. My dad would never.
0: Well, there's a lot that adults would do that they would say they wouldn't do. Young man.
1: You mean, like, cut the head off of an ice sculpture and pretend it melted?
0: He's gonna, like, slam the door. We can't speak like that, Simon. All right, this is enough of an issue as is. Don't go blowing it out of proportion. Does your dad, does he want my crown? My mayoral crown? He he kind of eyes this little paper mache crown (laughs) that he made for himself (laughs) on the corner of his desk. It's
1: like popsicle sticks.
0: Yeah, no, it's a pops. It's, yeah, it's all popsicle sticks. And it's like, he can't use Sonati ice, so it's just colored regular ice that's slowly <laughs> melting.
1: With all due respect, sir, he doesn't even want the Sonati solstice one. But I do think that the problem might be bigger than you think it is. Because, well, I looked at the sculpture, and I just don't think it melted.
0: None, no one would cut off a head here in Dunshire. Has that strange girl been getting to you? Fill in your head with mystery?
1: No, sir, it isn't Beatrice. It's, well, it's basic logic. I looked at the, at, at, at the sculpture, and I know there was water around it, but there wasn't anything melted off of the sculpture to make the water. So I think someone made it look like it melted. And as is my civic duty, I wanted to notify the highest authority. Well,
0: I appreciate that, young man. And we will keep it in mind.
1: He's gonna pull out the canteen. Well, he's been holding it, but, like, he's gonna, like, present it to the mayor now. Sir, I found this at the crime scene. I think it might be yours.
0: He's going to grab it and be like, oh, well, thank you, son. Thank you so much. And he's going to open it up and he's going to go. He's going to just spray the water inside all over his face <laughs> and then be like, wait a second. Where did you get this from? Thieving isn't polite.
1: Sir, I think you forgot it in the gardens.
0: Well, of course it was in the gardens. I'm the mayor. I can't let myself be getting dehydrated on the sonati solstice. I've got over a dozen of them hidden in the gardens. Wait, nope. Mm, that part. Last part wasn't true. That was a trick. Son, you passed.
1: Hop will innocently cock his head a little bit and say, Why would you lie about the number of canteens you had in the garden?
0: Because I, uh, because I'm the mayor. I'm good old fun Mayor Barnaby. Just playing a little little practical <laughs> joke, lighten the mood a little bit.
1: At that line, Hop will do his first ever look at the camera <laughs> at age 12. <laughs> A very, I don't get it type of thing. <laughs> Look at the camera. Um, sir, what are you going to do about the information I just told you?
0: I will use it as best as I can. Don't you worry your little head about it. And he will push up your hat a little bit and ruffle your hair. Now, uh, Mr. Mayor likes having fun, as we learned here today. And I'm sure you'll tell all your friends. But he has some very important business to attend to, so if you please, and he'll like grab you by the back and he'll just start pushing you out the door.
1: As he's pushing me out the door, can I do a quick scan of the room to see if I notice anything that's out of place?
0: Yeah, give me a uh, give me a roll.
1: An eight! I can only roll threes and eights!
0: You see nothing but normal business stuff. Fine. Also, remember, you have two experience that you can use at any time. Oh my god! I want to use an experience point! No, you point. have three experience I gave you I have three
1: experience points! I want to use an experience point to be able to look effectively. Can I do that?
0: Uh, that would be two. Two is an automatic success. Uh,
1: I want to save them, though. There's something cool later. Um... I'll just use the two now because I'll forget and then never get to do anything cool. All
0: right. So how does this uh, experience help you see what's in the room?
1: Um, Hop, this is his first investigation. So he, he's struck between wanting to like respect authority. He doesn't really know if he thinks the mayor did it or not. But as he's trying to think of the best questions, and then he and, and then he realizes the mayor is pushed him out, he's thinking, Oh, crap! You know, Jameson Hopper looks around and investigates things. <laughs> I should be doing that! Why am I not doing that? So in the adrenaline, as he's being forcibly pushed from the office, he's forcing himself to look around and be observant.
0: All right, so you see a glass whiteboard, a glass board. You see a Venn diagram drawn on it, and on the right side, you see an open packet that says what to do in case of a cover-up. And on the left, you see what to do in case of a beheading. And you see the Venn diagram, and all that's written in the middle right now is, claim it is not your fault. (coughs) Well, thank you so much, young man. I will see you tomorrow. And he slams the door, and he starts pacing to himself. He's like, now I have an even bigger cover-up to take care of. (laughs) And uh, Julie just looks at you and says, hmm. He's doing that thing again. Do you need some more raisins?
1: Hopper just nods. It was riveting for him.
0: She gives you as many raisins as you want.
1: (laughs) I want two handfuls this time.
0: All right. Um, so that's about, I think that's about 45 minutes that's gone overall. So uh, that like additional 45. Yeah. So you've got about an hour and 45 minutes left.
1: So the thing about the mayor is that I get the impression, and I would know this, but like from living in this town that the mayor is probably not that good at being a mayor. No. Like, he just doesn't seem competent enough to hop at this point to have pulled this off.
0: A nickname for Julie that's said behind uh, Mayor Barnaby's back is she is often called Mayor Julie.
1: Fantastic. I love it. And Julie gives me raisins, so I'm just... she's not even a suspect. Um, I'm going to go to Joan's house now because I just... As a player,
0: I just really want to see Joan. So next to your house, you see this very systematically put together lawn. You can tell that uh, they've merged Theo's kind of practicalness and and ability to nurture with Dad Alvin's uh, more creative outlet. So there's a lot of, like, grass sculptures that raise super high, then Alvin has kind of cut them out into nice shapes. Alternatively, there is Joan's garden, which is basically haggard and there are dead plants everywhere. She claims to import the finest and most exotic, and she says that in the most infuriating way, foliage from all across the Ninth World. Your fathers have placed bets on how long it would last. The longest a piece of foliage lasted was a week. Or as Dad Theo will say with glee, because he was the one who won that, one week, two days three hours, and 45 minutes. Most houses have at least a little bit of, like, hidden about them. Like, a little Mm -hmm. bit of opaque things for, like, bedrooms and bathrooms and houses. Joan... Well, she has nothing to hide, uh. so her entire house is basically see-through. Uh. <laughs> so as you come in, she is lounging on her couch reading- She's on the couch reading a magazine that she had. Co- she's cobbled together herself from different magazines.
1: God, why? That's so much work. Okay, so- Hop's a little more confident now, but going into the door of a, public official's ho- of a public official's office is a little bit different than just barging into someone's home. So he will ring the doorbell in this case.
0: Sup, Joan? <laughs> it's me,
1: Hop. <laughs> I'm 12.
0: <laughs> All right, you knock on her door and she doesn't look up from the magazine and she just says, Who is it?
1: Oh, shoot. She's not going to answer if I say I am. Um, I'm going to try to make my voice a little bit deeper and be like, police investigation force.
0: Give me a roll.
1: A three!
0: <laughs> I've ruled nothing but these... She's gonna get this big smile. Oh, come on. If you were an admirer who wanted to come in, you didn't have to pretend to be a police force to knock down my doors. And she's gonna stand up and kind of like, uh, like kind of like walk super fancily towards the door. And she's gonna open it up and be like, well, hello, strange... Oh... <laughs> Hi, Simon.
1: This is a special funny because couldn't she see me through the glass?
0: Uh, she was busy uh, looking at. She's she was busy looking at her uh, magazines. Okay. Um, uh, actually, no. I got a better idea. Joan wears glasses, and she uh, she was trying to make herself look super sexy. Oh. So she had taken off her glasses uh, and set them to the side. Which fun fact? Glasses also made out of glass. <laughs>
1: Uh, Hop will look up at Joan and he'll say, um, excuse me, ma'am, but in light of evidence of foul play, I've been appointed the official investigator of the mayor's office, which is a lie. That is not how that meeting went.
0: Give me a roll for the lie.
1: A 12. It's not a three or an eight.
0: She's going to look at you and say, that sounds like something you would do. (laughs) Well, I suppose I have to let you into my house but I'm not going to offer you anything. And she goes and she sits down on her uh, glass couch and she just kind of lets the door slam behind her. She doesn't like open it for you and she sits down and puts on her glasses. What do you do?
1: Okay, so my jumper jeans have pockets. I didn't specify this, but can I say you have like a little Blue's Clues notepad in there somewhere? Oh,
0: absolutely. I'm assuming you've been jotting down everything.
1: Yes, I have been. So I'm going to pull out my little Blue's Clues thing and um, look very officious, ready to take notes. I'm not sitting because I have not been invited to sit down. And hump,
0: maybe you did walk in.
1: I did walk in, yeah. But I'm just standing in her living room with her. I would have followed her to wherever she went. Okay. Ma'am, you were present when the beheaded ice sculpture of my dad, King Theo, was discovered. But there is evidence of foul play. It looks like the ice did not, in fact, melt.
0: I don't see how that's foul play. Isn't foul play meant to be something bad? Or are the kids using different words these days?
1: Well, ma'am, I would define cutting off the head of a nice sculpture as bad.
0: Continue, and will you please sit down? You're making me horribly uncomfortable. The only chair has just a bunch of, like, the magazines used to make the magazines are just okay. scattered over it, as well as some random food. She is living the bachelor life.
1: <laughs> okay, I will clear a space for myself from the chair then. Be just careful, like...
0: be careful. I might read some of those later.
1: He's doing it gently. I would love to just do a cat swipe, but Hopper's <laughs> polite still, so he <laughs> <laughs> will, like, gently collect everything and put it gingerly on, like, a coffee table or something that's nearby.
0: I need that add chart to a whole campaign so I can see how future Hop would deal with Jonah.
1: <laughs> it would be different. Hop will appear to be flipping through his notepad as if he has any notes to reference. <laughs> <laughs> Say, um, ma'am? At approximately five o'clock today, the sculpture of, of King Thea was found beheaded, and you were there. I know, because I was also there. Where were you before then?
0: Well, the mayor was taking us on a tour. I might say it was delightful. I saw my old and mean Betsy at least five times. So I might say I was feeling pretty good about myself. And you know, the mayor, the sweetheart that he was, was talking about how great it was that I was queen. And he didn't talk about Theo being king at all. (laughs) Anyways, I'm getting off track. So there we were. We were walking. Me and your dad and your dad and the mayor. And the mayor's rabbit. And he had to run off for the uh, performance to get everything ready. And so we just kind of sat around there a little bit. And then your father. Both of them, in fact, they both just got so listless that they just wandered off on their own, and they left poor little me by myself. Well, next I know, it's like an hour later, and I hear this horrible cry, and I run to it as fast as I can, because you know, dear, there's no story that Joan Miller doesn't know about. And that was when I saw it. I saw that beautiful beautiful sculpture of myself, and that significantly improved sculpture of, well, it was your father, but at this point it could be anybody. I personally like to imagine that it was that Mr. Colodi. He was the top-ranking member in the Sexy Mad Scientist magazine. I should know, I cobbled it together myself.
1: As a tangent hopper is genuinely interested, you cobbled the story together yourself, or the story existed and then you made a new story out of
0: it? Dear Context is everything. The story was there, one put together by these other not-quite-as-sexy-mad scientists. Well, it took on its own new form.
1: Okay. <laughs> I agree, ma'am. Context is everything. And some people would say that this particular context is kind of suspicious. Because everyone knows that you kind of hate my dad. And you didn't want to be queen with him. And it is mighty suspicious. Some people would say that my dad's statue was beheaded and yours was not. Oh, dear.
0: Oh, did you think I did? No, no, ma'am. Some people. Listen, honey, there's one thing you have to know about me. If I do things, I do it in full. So trust me, if I had destroyed that statue, the whole thing would have been burned to the ground. Probably would have had a little bit of confetti too. you know, a little bit of fun. Hopper will think about that.
1: He's gonna dig in a little bit and kind of look at the stack of the magazines that she cobbles together for her own reading. You're right, ma'am. I suppose some people didn't consider that some people lack all subtlety.
0: Well, thank you, dear. You're too kind. It's as we say in the Miller household, if you don't do something big enough that everyone can see, what's the point of doing it at all? Wow. I thought that was a
1: major insult, (laughs) and she was going to be mad. This is fine. Hop will ignore that. And he'll say, ma'am, did you see anything suspicious during your tour of the gardens this morning?
0: (sighs) Wow. You're going to have to be more specific. I mean, I saw so many horrible things in that garden. I don't know what the person was doing putting the aneans next to the seskies. Everybody knows seskies are natural predators of anines. If this were a real garden, those things would have been torn to shreds. So there definitely was a murder for arrangement.
1: Can Hopper kind of think back to the arrangement of the gardens and think whether the arrangement was legitimately different than it has been in past years? Like, if the Seskies are normally not next to the Indians.
0: Yeah, they're normally, they normally aren't together. And something weird you also notice is that Joan's collaging of magazines has gotten a bit more, friend, uh, a bit more, just more lately. Okay. Like, usually she reserves it for big things, right? Like, uh, she had Missing Princess Monthly a couple of weeks ago.
1: There are that many.
0: With with a big cover story about Anastasia Brackleberry, the, uh, the missing princess to the Anquan Empire. So usually it's big things like that. So the fact that she's assembling a sexy mad scientist monthly is is a bit weird to you because Joan doesn't care about that kind of stuff. Okay. And something you remember is that normally during this time, Joan has always talked about how she has assembled the gardens herself and she has put everything in order. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the big decorator.
1: Did she this year?
0: She hasn't talked about it this year. She and she's gotten more into making her magazines than usual.
1: Okay, so in that case, Hop will say, um, "Well, ma'am, that does sound very disorganized. But aren't you normally the one who arranges the gardens?" <gasps>
0: <gasps> and she looks as if you stabbed her in the heart. God, I did not come here to be assaulted, young man.
1: Well, this is your house. I came here.
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I was supposed to make the gardens, but I didn't. Who did? She's gonna have a big sigh. It's not a woman's business to get between her mortal enemies and their son. (laughs) Even I wouldn't do that.
1: What are you saying?
0: What I'm saying is that your father, Theo, became king because Alvin had agreed to decorate the gardens this year for the mayor. Apparently, there was something about creative differences and uh, me trying to poison the mayor's rabbit, and I would never do that. She's got nothing on me. Can Hopper
1: kind of, like, turn around and look again at the differences between her yard and our yard? Just taking it all in, like, yeah, Elvin is the objective better choice. Yeah, the
0: garden was objectively better than it was every other year. Yes! Like, you're 12, but even you you notice that?
1: <laughs> okay, um, on that note, Happy will say, so you had a lot more free time on your hands this this year.
0: I wouldn't call myself free. I've been doing my best work of every single year. Please, please, would you like to see some more of my magazines? We don't just have sexy mad scientists. We have sexy world conquerors, sexy world enders. We even have every known Amber Pope. Rated, of course... By sexiness.
1: No, oh, thank you, ma'am. That will be all. Thank you for your time. At that, Hopper will just close his notepad and put it back in his shirt, in his oh, jumper jeans pocket, and then he's gonna let himself
0: out. Ta-ta. All right, you've got about forty-five minutes to an hour left. So what are you gonna do? Uh,
1: okay. Um, you
0: probably have time for I'd say one more stop.
1: So now knowing that Alvin apparently agreed to decorate the gardens in return for Theo being king, Odin how true that is, because it was Joan. Uh Hop's just gonna go next door and confront his his dad.
0: Yeah, you walk in the door and uh This is my
1: home, so I can do that. Yeah,
0: and your dads are just sitting there, they're playing like a, a ninth world version of kind of like a checker's chess. Chessers? Yeah, they're playing they're playing chessers while Alvin is reading the newspaper and uh Theo is reading one of his novels that you are not allowed to read, <laughs> but has very buff men on the cover. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, Hop's just going to walk in and stop in the doorway. And he is currently deciding whether to bring it up in front of both of them or ask Alvin. I genuinely don't know which is the best approach. You know what? I am going to just ask both of them because I want to keep Alvin accountable. Uh, Hop's going to go in and he's not going to take out his notepad this time. Hey, Dad, did you decorate the gardens this year?
0: Alvin is going to look at you a little surprised and be like, what? Why are you asking, Simon? And Dad Theo is going to just look down from his book and kind of like, you can just see his eyes come out from over the book. Are we still on about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see why that that matters, Simon.
1: Well, I guess it's just weird you didn't tell me.
0: Theo's going to look at, you're going to see his eyes just t- shift over to Dad Alvin and he's going to say, wait, is the kid actually right? Huh. No wonder they look good this year. And he's just going to go and he's going to... The book is going to rise back up above his eyes. <laughs> and Dad Alvin is going to gonna blush a little bit at that compliment and he's going to look over to you. Yeah, I decorated it, but I didn't want to... I didn't want to make a big deal of it. You know, it was... I didn't want to overshadow your dad's big day.
1: And at that hop, will say, he's going to like... He was real confident with Joan, but these are his dads. So he's losing a little bit of that, like, upright investigative posture. So he's going to put his hands kind of, like, behind his back and, like, scuff the floor a little bit with his shoe and say, um, well, I kind of heard you did it to make Dad King.
0: Did Joan say that? Joan probably said it. Yeah. Did Joan... Simon, have you been talking to Joan again?
1: Um, couple say, I have to keep my sources anonymous.
0: You just see the book and a little bit. Yeah, it's Joan. <laughs> Fair. Dad Alvin's going to, he's going to push out the chair across from him with a seat and he's going to say, sit down for a second, Simon. He'll sit. So yes and no. And you're just going to hear all, what? <laughs> from behind the book as it shakes a little bit. And he said, no, honey, that I really didn't intend for that to happen. So I heard that Joan wasn't taking care of the arrangements this year and I was excited to, to give it a shot. You know, I, I only work... Oof, I only work sixty hours a week, so I've got a, a lot of time on my hands. So yeah, I, I mentioned it to the mayor, and, and he agreed. And well I guess as I I left, uh, Julie did look at us and say, "That's thinking like real leadership." But you know, you know, Julie, she's she's always so complimentary. So I didn't. Oh no. Oh oh no. And and his face grows white a little bit with horror. I think I rigged an election. <laughs>
1: Dad, did Julie say anything else when you were at the mayor's office?
0: Well, not that I can think of. Hmm. And Theo's going to set down his book and he's going to just say, well, that's because you don't know how to talk to women, honey. <laughs> yeah, Julie and I, we had a big old talk while they were inside. I mean, I don't remember what we talked about proper garden arrangements, the joys and practicalities of raisins. I talked about how proud I was of you a couple of times, and she talked about how proud she was of Rosemary a couple of times. I remember her complaining that she didn't have any good candidates for king and queen, so I remember telling her that Joan would be happy enough for anything, and she could probably use the win.
1: Did you say anything about you?
0: Uh, I don't remember anything else except her saying that, like, I was just a regular Angulan knight. Ugh. He sighs and looks at that portrait <laughs> of all of you who have been whites on the knights on the wall, and he says, I'm never going to live that one down. <laughs>
1: So then Hopper is going to say, he's going to straighten up a little bit because A, he's about to present investigative info and he's trying to get that mindset back. And B, daddy just said he was proud of him and had talked about that (laughs) to Julie. So he's going to straighten up a little bit, take out his notepad to look more vicious and then say, well, the thing is that I don't think that sculpture melted and I've been trying to figure out who would intentionally destroy it.
0: A couple of tears just go down Alvin's cheeks. And a couple of tears go down Theo's cheeks, dad Theo's cheeks as well. He says, I knew I was proud of you, son. We've been talking about that all afternoon. What? Nobody knows Sonati better than your dad, Simon. Nothing, and I mean nothing, melts Sonati. You can solder it together with fire, but actually melting it? Not even a nano could do something like that. We've been racking our brains all evening. Do you want to share what you've learned?
1: Hopper will nod. And he'll say, well, it's like you said, Sonati ice doesn't melt. And there wasn't any ice missing off of the sculpture to have made the water that was on the ground. So I think the water came from somewhere else. But what I can't figure out is who stands to benefit from destroying the statue. Because ultimately, Joan, it doesn't really mean anything.
0: They both look at each other and say, Joan, and look back at you.
1: Yeah, but and he's going to flip back to the page where he took a note during Shilin's interview. When I was talking with her, she said that if she had done it, She would have burned the whole thing to the ground. Which is impossible to do with Sonati Ice, but I get the metaphor.
0: They look at each other again, and they say in a more knowing voice, Joan.
1: And, well, Joan said that she spent all morning touring the gardens with the mayor. And she complained that it didn't look as good as it usually did, because there were seskies next to anines, and that's when I thought the arrangements were different this year. And I asked her if she did the arrangements, and she got all sad. She's made a lot of magazines, Dad. Like, a lot of magazines. Just so, so many magazines magazines that she cuts out herself and i think she was really sad that she didn't do it this year but it's fine it did look much better dad i thought so at least but then i thought was it arranged to cover up an ice statue murder
0: they're gonna sit there and they're gonna think for a moment so you you, you think i was beheaded son
1: Huffer will nod.
0: well if you think that's the case then i think finding the culprit is pretty easy just gotta find my head And as he says that, you see the sun slowly set uh, and one last strand of light go onto that time piece in the middle of the table, and you realize your three hours are up and it is time to meet with Beatrice. Hello and welcome to the episode break for episode 17, Hop's Memory, part 2. I am Kyle, the GM, and literally every suspect. Unless, of course, Hop committed the murder and didn't even realize it. Our intro music today is One Way Home by White Sand, and our outro music is Friends by Miracle of Sound. Today's call to action actually isn't coming from me. As a way to mix up our call to actions once per month, our call to action section will feature an audio promo by another podcast. Today's promo advertises the just recently started season two of Tales from the Dark Dragons Inn. Let's take a listen. Cities are hard. They're tangled webs of shadows with someone different waiting to stab you in the back on every corner. Baldur's Gate ain't no different. If anything, it's worse. There's murder in the air and a name on everyone's tongue that no one dares to speak. The scales of justice are new in town, hot in the tale of an evil cult, but they're going to make em talk. Tales from the Dark Dragons Inn is a serialized fiction podcast. Join us for Season 2 on TFT, DDI, Yeah, so if that caught your fancy, absolutely check them out. Today's episode was released pretty late on schedule, not only day-wise, but also time-wise. It is 1.04am, hence my very subdued mood. So our next episode will release seemingly a little early. That's right, we will see you for the continuation of our main story on Monday, June 25th. Seen at night somehow when the moon glows its brightest its inability to be the sun becomes even more apparent and as the moonlight illuminates the lifeless ice sculptures giving them a weight not possible in the bleaching summer sun a chill runs down your spine it's quiet so fucking quiet and in fact it's so quiet that you jump about 10 feet as a playful voice says well hopper it's been a long time three hours in fact
1: Hopper does not jump at the voice. And he is stupid (laughs) proud that he didn't. And he's got his old notepad out. He's very proud of his investigative work. And he'll say, So we meet again, Joe.
0: Yes, we do. We do, we do, we do. What dirt have you uncovered on me this time, Hopper?
1: Well, Joe, I found a canteen that the mayor had left here. And I thought maybe, you know, the water had to be fairly recent because it would have evaporated real quickly. So I thought maybe it was the mayor. But the thing about our mayor is that he's not very good at being a mayor. And I don't know. I don't think it was him. Uh, And then I talked to Joan Miller, who, as we know, is kind of the worst and doesn't like my dad. But I don't think it's her either. And then I talked to my dads. Uh, it turns out that my dad arranged the gardens this year, and may have accidentally rigged the royalty election. I don't think they did it on purpose, though. My other dad said we have to find the head to find the culprit. You didn't happen to find anything like that, did you?
0: One-Eyed Joe starts slowly walking up to you, her hands behind her back. Well, 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 Hopper, you've been busy. And you're right, I did find something. With that, her hand suddenly whips out, and in front of your face... You see two sticks of flavored popsicle ice. I found these in the mayor's, uh, I found these in the mayor's office. I figured they'd be helpful while we were staking out tonight. Which flavor do you like more?
1: You were in the mayor's office too?
0: Well, of course, dude. He's only the most obvious suspect. I
1: don't know. Uh, Hopper will take, these you say they were red and blue? Yeah. He'll take the blue one and then be like eating a sucker will go, well, I don't know. Because, you know, this kind of ruins the solstice. It doesn't make him king just because my dad's sculpture is destroyed. So I'm thinking it had to be a petty reason, which led me to Joan. But she's made a lot of magazine collages. And honestly, to have made that many magazine collages, I don't know that she would have had the time to destroy a statue.
0: Simon Hopper Simon, you clever sesky.
1: What? What did I
0: No, that's- I'm just super impressed, dude, that's all. My whole plan was to just sit here and wait till the person comes and tries to melt the rest of the statue.
1: Oh. Well, that's a real good plan, too. What did you do this afternoon?
0: Flavored ice, dude. I had to figure out what the best one was. That was it? She's going to walk over and she's going to sit down, kind of hidden behind someone needs, and she's going to pat the ground. Oh, yeah, I checked out a couple of things, too, but um, I mostly found out the same kind of stuff you did.
1: Does that mean you talked to the same people that I did?
0: Well, no villain goes around talking to people. I was sneaking.
1: Oh, just sneaked you sneak
0: to? The mayor's office in Jones. We just talked about that. No, for being so bright, she kind of, like, taps you on the head a little bit. You aren't always perceptive.
1: Hopper will, like, fix his hat. Can we say the hat was, like, knocked a little bit when she... Yeah. Yeah, he'll fix his hat and be a little bit upset and be like, well, it's just I didn't see you there. And I thought that if we went to the same places, you would have run into each other.
0: Uh, She shrugs her shoulders a little bit and she just says, well, I guess that just means I have a little bit left to teach you, Simon Hopper. Simon. And do you mind if we flash forward a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to flash forward uh, a little bit. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to just kind of shoot the the shit with Beatrice a little bit. Okay. So you've been sitting there, you've eaten, turns out she has gotten dozens of these things. God. Like, this is blatant theft, but <laughs> you also know that the mayor only eats them himself, so you don't feel that bad. Feel, how bad do you feel, actually?
1: Mm the thing is that Pops had kind of a day so all the adrenaline from this case is just clouding any guilt that he may have been feeling he's just he's happily eating them uh he can he considers it kind of like his commission for taking on this role <laughs> like he's doing the mayor a favor by finding out who did it so like yeah these popsicles are his earned right even if they did kind of steal them
0: so you're sitting here eating these popsicles uh, and eventually beatrice pipes off so simon hopper signs what are you going to do once you once you leave this town? Hopper will shrug
1: and say, you know, I don't know. I mean, my dad's a really good at, like, design and at woodworking and ice sculpting and that kind of stuff. But I don't know that I'm really good at anything, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But I do know that I don't want to stay here.
0: So She's going to kind of think to herself, she's going to say, it's a nice place. I can see why people like it. But you're right. It's no place for a hero.
1: You know, I had a lot of fun today. I think... I mean, and then he'll look down at the book and say, I know that legendary heroes aren't really a thing anymore, but I think I want to just try to do the best I can. You know, I'm not unhappy here, exactly, but today was the happiest I've been in a long time. It felt like I was serving a purpose. Do you think I could be a hero? Really?
0: Dude, I don't say these kind of things lightly. No, I don't think. I know that you will be someday so great a hero that I will read about you in books like these. And, even the Top It, I promise you that once you get out there, if you ever need a partner, I'll be there. And remember, I never break my promises.
1: Are pinky promises a thing in New Numenera?
0: Ah, uh, Yeah, let's just do a regular pinky promise. Yeah, I want to do a pinky promise. It's only in Dunshire, uh, uh, what's that?
1: Oh, this is called a pinky promise. When you connect your pinkies like this and shake them, it's more important than a regular promise.
0: In that case, I pinky promise. Hopper, you devious scallion.
1: Hopper will kind of laugh at that and then say, what's next for you? Uh, I
0: don't know. Another town, another adventure. When you left home, why'd you go? Well, I never really had a place that was home. I went around with my family from place to place, and then someday I just went without them. Why? Why stay home when there are nine worlds to explore?
1: Thanks for coming to Dunshire. Of all the places you chose, it's not very exciting. And, you know, it's it, it, it's kind of, kind of strict. But I really enjoyed having you here.
0: And that's when you hear it. You hear that crying howl and you see a piercing beam of light at the patio in front of you where you can vaguely make out the shape of somebody behind this beam of light, pointing it at the two statues again.
1: Is it just pointing or is they pointing with
0: a weapon? Like, like it's a beam of light. It's like, it's like this. Oh, little,
1: it's like a flashlight.
0: Not. It, it's more like a little, uh, little like blowtorch.
1: Cool. Okay. So someone's coming to melt the statue. That's yeah, what it yeah. is. Yeah.
0: Someone's at the statues right now.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so we're crouched down, but we've been there for a while. So you've probably lightened up on our stealth. I'm going to reassume like a crouch and then try to peer on the side to see
0: who it is. You take a look, and in the darkness, you still can't tell.
1: Okay, is there we're behind like a shrub, or did you just say we're behind other statues?
0: You're behind. Uh, se- I think I said sesky statues. You're behind some sort of statue. Okay,
1: can I creep um like behind the statues to get closer to where the person is? Yeah,
0: they seem very focused, so you don't even have to roll. You're just slowly creeping around, and you're you're pretty close now. You can't quite make out their face, but you are within immediate range.
1: Can I look back at Beatrice and try to motion to her like, "Do you know who it is?" Because I'm going to shrug my shoulders a little bit, like, mm, "No clue."
0: You go to motion to her and do that, and she's not there, and then she suddenly pops up right next to you and says, "All right, so who do we? Who is that?"
1: Ah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I can't really see. Oh, could I? F- throw one of the now empty popsicle sticks um kind of like to the side so that the person would have to turn their face towards me
0: okay you throw a popsicle stick and give me a roll to see if they hear it six uh no nine nine yeah you throw it to the ground and it's really tough to hear over this piercing (laughs) whale
1: because it's a popsicle
0: stick but it stops for a second And the person turns over, and you can see their face illuminated in the moonlight. Who do you think you see?
1: Honestly, my theory this whole time has been Beatrice. I thought that was how you were going to hurt me. But she's right next to me. I don't think it's the mayor. Because what to do in case of a beheading is like, why would you make that if you were the one... You would have been prepared for a beheading if you were the one doing the beheading. Okay. So he would not have needed that. Joan, I am uncertain on... She has the strongest motive, which is just pure spite, but it seems like she would not have gone for, like, the blunt axe type deal. Okay. So, I think
0: it's- In the moonlight, you throw the stick to the ground, and you see this figure cradling a head in their left hand, and as they turn over, you see, holding his own head, Dad Theo-
1: (sighs) I got it right! I'm really upset that it's Dan Theo, but I'm really <laughs> happy I got it right. There's a lot of feelings going on right now, because I feel like he would be the so- sort to, like, harm his own statue. And also, because it could be part of some kind of statement about how, like, we should do other things with the ice. I don't know how I'm making the logic leap, but I feel like if people thought maybe sonati ice could melt, they would use it more that's counterintuitive but dunshire is also counterintuitive in many things that it does so that seemed i didn't know exactly what his gambit was but it's it it, theo was my strongest hunch (sighs) now the question is would small 12 year old hop be so upset that he would shout dad or would in his new role as hero slash detective he manage to keep a hold on it Instead of yelling, dad, he's just going to like get real wide-eyed. He's going to keep a handle on himself. He's not going to shout, but he's going to kind of like grab Beatrice's arm because he's upset.
0: And Beatrice turns over to you and says, Hopper, what are you doing? Isn't that the guy?
1: Um, Hopper will look back at her and then nod and then knows what he has to do. So then I'm going to stand up and then kind of just emerge from the shadows. And then I'm going to say, dad, I found the head.
0: So some things happened in that, pretty quickly, the mayor came, and you found out that Beatrice was... She, uh, says she didn't want to ruin the surprise, but what she had actually been spending most of her time after you left talking to Mayor Barnaby and convincing him that catching the criminal would be in his best interest. So that's how she actually got all those popsicle sticks.
1: Oh, so they weren't stolen.
0: So she basically had him on standby for whenever they found the criminal. So he found and he got Theo and Theo, uh, Theo seemed to want to fight for a little bit, but seeing kind of how crushed you looked. Very. Kind of let himself get taken. He didn't want to make a bigger scene of it than it was.
1: Okay. So he's straight up been arrested, right? Um,
0: With Dunshar, it's less that he's been arrested more that he's been put on a slap on the wrist. Okay. And he's been given what the mayor considers the biggest penalty of all, which is that he is not allowed at the festival. Oh no. Poor Theo. Uh, So it really upset Alvin, but dad Alvin was committed that he was going to go to to your performance the next day. Uh He and Theo seemed to, Alvin and Theo talked a little bit when you came home. Um, They didn't really talk to you much about it, Mm -hmm. but they agreed that uh, Alvin was going to go the next day. And Theo that morning made a big deal about like how proud he was of you and all that stuff, tried, tried to kind of gloss over it a little bit. And we're going to jump forward to the performance. Is there anything that you did between that time that you really want to point out?
1: Hop would have spent that time in a daze. Because it's not like, you know, this... I mean, this was a violent crime in the sense that there was a weapon involved and, like, mutilation of a thing. But it's not like he, like, killed anyone who was real or, like, stole things. So, like, Hopper knows that this crime is not akin to, like, other crimes. So he's not thinking his dad is a terrible, terrible person. But the fact remains that his first investigation, and he was real proud of himself, and he was a little hero, and it was his dad as the culprit. Like, his dad still harmed public property and did a thing that just didn't, you know, it caused more harm than good. So he's been in a daze for the last 24 hours and just doesn't really know how to come to terms with it. And he hasn't tried yet.
0: How's your, uh, out of character, how's your heart holding up?
1: Not well. Going in, I thought the worst he can do is make it Beatrice (laughs) or my dad as the culprit. So honestly, the fact that I figured it out is kind of outweighing the fact that my daddy did it. I'm really proud of myself.
0: I'm proud of you too. Thank you. All right, so we're going to flash forward to performance day. You are behind stage, super nervous. Beatrice seems to have some kind of jitters herself, too. She's kind of doing the performance to herself. She's uh, dressed up a lot more than she is usually. So while everyone else is wearing the uniform, Beatrice knows that she's able to wear what she wants and is really kind of... Uh, Flaunting it. Leaned into that. So Beatrice is dancing around. She's wearing a playful sundress, and her long, fine, platinum blonde hair is pinned back into a large, flower-like bond. The petals of the flower still closed, about to bloom, and she's just, like, radiating. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: Hopper's still in a daze. I imagine that his jumper jeans and hat and bow tie and sweater ensemble is, like, brighter than he would like. Like, a lot of reds and blues and greens. Yeah. So he's thinking about how, when he's older, he's gonna dress in a lot of browns. (laughs) (laughs) Because... He just wants to disappear into the framework right now. So he's thinking the brown of this stage is really nice. That's a good camouflage color. I'd like to wear brown more often. And he's just kind of standing there fiddling with his harmonic calculator, which, as we know, was a gift from dad, Theo. <laughs> so um, actually, he's going to look at Beatrice and just say, you look nice.
0: She's going to look at you and say, you know, it's not easy.
1: What isn't easy? Being a hero hopper shaking his head in response to hero heroes don't get their dads
0: caught she kind of sits down next to you do you think jameson hopper has fun
1: i guess not i guess he doesn't i guess that's why he drinks all that scotch
0: well that's the sad fact of it dude being a hero isn't always fun that's why i prefer to be one-eyed joe she like puts her hands up to make a third eye on top of her head playfully because she knows the lore because she learned it from you yeah i know
1: (laughs) That makes me really happy. Um, Hop will smile at that and then say, I don't know if I'm cut out for it. You know, I I think I'm a Simon, not a Hopper.
0: You hear the audience applaud from the next stage. Well, I can promise you that you may think of yourself as a Simon, but I will always remember you as Hopper. And the audience finishes applauding, and you hear from the front, Put your hands together for Blanastasia! Up next, the stranger and the dethroned prince. <laughs>
1: Hopper will do his second look at the camera at that new name.
0: <laughs> Beatrice winks and says, I'll see you out there, Hopper. And she skates out to the stage. What do you do?
1: I take my place on the stage.
0: All right, you get up and you walk to the stage. And before you go, something catches your eye. You, you, you start to feel a little parched. And you start thinking, wow, I'm a little thirsty. And your eyes turn back next to the stairs to that glass of water that Beatrice gave you yesterday. And inside of that glass of water, unchanged, are two perfect cubes of ice. And you walk out on stage. Okay. It's it's still kind of like reluctant applause, but there is one very big applause... That gets even, pr- gets even bigger as you come out and you hear, That's my boy! That's my boy! <laughs> and Beatrice starts her presentation of, We are the stranger and the prince. And we are here to perform the Pythagorean rhythm. And you are so frozen that seconds pass without you doing anything. What do you finally do?
1: I'm going to look from the ice to Beatrice and then back to the ice and then back to Beatrice. And then say, where'd you get that ice?
0: She's going to look at you and be like, oh, 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 we're doing a bit. Well, that ice I saw, I got from a magical land called Dunshire. And we will now perform a dance about that ice and the beautiful town it has created.
1: Actually, our plans have changed. It's a debate now. <laughs> did last night but he didn't do it
0: you hear a single boo get off the stage
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh at that boo hopper is coming into his own finally he's gonna point at the person the heckler and he's gonna say no this is important because my dad is being punished for something that he didn't do and Dunshire's a lot of things but it's not unfair and then he's gonna turn back to Beatrice. Beatrice, where did you get the ice?
0: She's gonna turn over to you and you're gonna see her lovely warm smile turn devilish. Well, I uh, I got it from, you know, where we get ice for water. We got, I got it from like the, the ice depository.
1: This ice hasn't melted, Beatrice. You know what I'm
0: asking. So what? How do we know that the boy of the criminal didn't just put it in himself.
1: Because this glass has been here since yesterday, and I wasn't the son of a criminal yesterday.
0: And what evidence do you have? You can't prove anything. You can't prove you didn't just bring that glass up here. What, are you saying I just just took the head? Where is it? And she's gonna twirl around. If I took the head, then where would it be? I don't have any place to hide it.
1: Hopper will take another breath. Let your hair down. (laughs) What? Beatrice, let your hair down. I need to know that it's not in there.
0: Her smile turns from a smirk to a full-on grin. She peels open the petals of her hair, and with a thud, the ice head falls onto the ground. Hopper
1: will look from the head back to Beatrice, and then I'm assuming there's some of a commotion like, Oh my god, it was in there! So he's gonna say this so only Beatrice can hear, and he's gonna say, See you soon, Joe, and then walk off the stage.
0: It's a couple weeks later, the town rallied against Beatrice, but it turns out that she had one last chunk of Sanadi ice that she had disconnected from the head, and she had slipped it into her rollerblades, and after tapping them three times, the ice had enveloped her body. And of course, the townsfolk were horrified because someone had just frozen themselves alive, but when they had broken it open, nobody had been inside. Okay. And the statue had actually ended up reforming itself. So what did they end up doing with the statue that just seemed to keep reforming itself?
1: They probably kept it as reasons to beware of outsiders because they're terrible.
0: Yep. They put it in the front of the town square. They put it uh, in front of the statue. Uh, they, uh, Joan kind of used her magazine skills to make it look like, you know, a crime scene. like the, <laughs> And they added like a little, little fake knife there. Theo ended up getting away. It turns out that uh, the head he had was a really, really, really bad imitation of the the head that was cut off. And he just saw how heartbroken uh, your other dad, he saw how heartbroken dad Alvin was about it, that he figured he would try the solder on a new head to try to make it better for Alvin, because he knew how excited dad Alvin was. Uh, And what have you been up to in this time?
1: Mostly moping. Hop isn't eating a lot. He's reading, but it's mostly just the same page that he was on at the beginning of the adventure. Like he can't, you know how sometimes when you're reading, but you're not really into it, you just end up reading the same paragraph over and over. He's been on the same paragraph for a week. Just that page about Jameson Hopper and One-Eyed Joe. He refuses to go near the statue.
0: So we flash forward a few weeks later. You're back in your room uh, reading that page again. And suddenly with a start, you see Beatrice's shape in your doorway. No. You see that it's the statue.
1: No, don't bring it in here.
0: And it sits there for a moment before slowly crinkling apart and shattering. And from inside it, a small letter floats to the ground. And this is Numenera, and we've established that letters can, if will, speak. So you hear a voice come out. Dearest Hopper, it is a pleasure to uh, make acquaintance with you again. I'm sorry I had the lease so. <coughs> oh! Oh! Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot you already know my secret. I don't have to do that silly voice anymore. I mean, oh, hello, sir. Yes, sir. Who speaks like that? Anyways, Hopper, I must say, it was awful fun to catch up with you in Dunshire. That was the most fun I have ever had in a town. It was so invigorating. Anyways, I just wanted to send this note to let you know I've been thinking about you a lot lately, and I think we should get together and and talk soon but of course if we if we do that uh i need to have another name i mean beatrice uh, who wants to hold on to that bs for long i think i figured out the perfect name i've had a whole lot but this is my favorite so the next time we see each other and trust me i promise we will see each other again you can call me lorraine Can we stop the recording? Was that a good enough note?
1: That was a really good note.